it is a, it is a blessing uh, to be here with you and uh, to be uh, among new friends and old friends. Uh, and I uh, recall my first uh, uh, talk and participation with the Ibn al-Arabi Society here many years ago, I think about 1990. Uh, and um, I've been back a couple times, and these uh, moments uh, for me are um, uh, moments of, uh, of inspiriting. Uh, they are moments when um, things come together in certain ways that are deeply related to the works of Ibn al-Arabi and uh, to the long-term work of the Ibn al-Arabi Society and through their extraordinary journal um, uh, especially. I'd like to uh, begin with um, just a little uh, strange anecdote and then move into 10 or 11 points that come together for me, and um, I think we'll come together uh, through the conference, that are grounded in Ibn al-Arabi's understanding of the life that courses through all things. Al-Hayat al-Sariya fil ashya Uh, the anecdote, uh, which really doesn't relate in any scrutable way that I can understand to the talk tonight, was my arrival in Oakland after a truly beautiful flight across uh, the uh, desert and uh, uh, down Yosemite Valley. Getting on near the information booth in the airport, and as I was going toward the information booth, there was another booth set up right in front of it, and there was a sign that said, is Satan real? And um, so I didn't get that information, but I managed to get here, and I'm still thinking about that question. It is, of course, a very profound question, um, and, um, but I want to really talk about Ibn al-Arabi's uh, notions of nested realities, and uh, nested agency. Uh, so the life that is coursing through all things, that is given through a word and through a spirit. And in the process of the giving of that life, various agencies come up. Is it, uh, uh, is it uh, the Gabriel who gave uh, the word uh, to Miriam, or is Gabriel passing on the word to Miriam? Is Jesus making uh, a birds come to life, clay birds come to life, or shaped birds come to life by breathing into them? Or is uh, the transcendent one uh, the agent and Jesus acting through the permission of that one? Related to these questions are certain 
puzzles that come up throughout the chapter of Ibn al-Arabi in the Fusus al-Hikam, the Bezels of Wisdom. Um, I can think of them as, uh, as, as enigmas, as keys to the state of hira or bewilderment, which Ibn al-Arabi sees in many ways as an advanced state beyond normal perplexity, a state that is uh, brought about by the encounter of limited uh, reality with the uh, unlimited reality and the transformation of categories that that causes. It could also be called, I think, wonderment, the, uh, the total wonderment and astonishment at existence, at life, and at consciousness that pervades Ibn al-Arabi's thought. And my, my own reading of Ibn al-Arabi's thought is, uh, uh, is enriched and nourished by this sense of wonder that is brought about by the style, the meditation, um, and the themes of his thought. Some of these wonderments are bound up with the question, who is he or what is it? Um, or in a koan-like manner, if I can put a, summarize a paragraph toward the end of the chapter in the Bezels of Wisdom, Jesus section, what is the sound of two right hands clapping? Um, and actually, Ibn al-Arabi talks about human being, mortal human being, Besher, as being that which has been shaped and in contact with uh, the deity who claims that he has, uh, who states that he has created uh, the human being, uh, Adam, uh, with his two hands. So let me uh, pass down then these uh, 11 uh, themes, somewhat in order, and I'll read a couple passages in translation uh, from uh, the text of uh, the Jesus section uh, as I do so. Uh, one of the great uh, contributions of the Ibn al-Arabi society in my uh, experience has been br bringing together people of various backgrounds, um, of various uh, artistic, uh, musical, um, academic, non-academic, um, and spiritual paths and around something uh, of uh, a deep uh, mutual interest. And for that reason, I, I try not to talk on the assumption that everybody's been reading uh, this text um, as often as uh, the uh, people of the original society uh, did when the Fasus was and probably still is um, a major meditative text uh, to be read over and over. So the themes, spirit life. Uh, the, uh, the theme uh, that begins the Jesus section, and I will I'll read uh, a little bit uh, from a, a translation of that. From the water of Mary, or the breath of Gabriel, 
in the form of a mortal given existence from clay. The spirit was created in a self purified from the nature they call Sijin. So his dwelling with it was prolonged and exceeded 1,000 years by decree. A spirit from Allah, from no other, thereby bringing the dead to life and raising up birds from clay. And thereby his relationship with his Lord holds true, through which he affects the high and the low. Allah purified him in body and made him transcendent in spirit and formed him as an exemplar in the act of creation. These uh, lines in the form of Arabic verse open the chapter. Know that it is in the nature of spirits that they never touch a thing without bringing it to life, so that life courses through it. For this reason, as Samari grasped a handful from the trace of the messenger, who is Jibreel, peace upon him, and who is spirit. This is an allusion to uh, the story of uh, the idolatrous calf, as told in Surah 20 of the Quran, when uh, Musa, the prophet Musa, is meeting with the Lord, uh, he goes ahead of his people, and the Lord tells him uh, that in his absence, they have been led astray. When he comes down and finds that they have broken the compact and that they have made uh, this uh, uh, idolatrous calf, he confronts Aaron and confronts them. And they say, well, El Samari, uh, suggested this to us, or cast this word into our minds. And later on, when Musa confronts Samari, he says, Why, what is your response, Samari? And Samari said, I, I discerned, the word is um, from uh, Basr, a deep kind of discernment, I perceived or discerned what others did not. And that is, um, the, uh, wherever the uh, trace of the messenger is, uh, there is life. So I took a handful or a pinch. There are two readings, qabda um, or qabza, from that trace and cast it. And that can either be read, cast, uh, cast the idea or cast it onto the form of the calf. So Samari, although he uh, caused this or was partially responsible for this uh, grievous error, uh, was able to do that because he saw a reality that where the messenger passed, there is uh, the, the power of life. And even in the other, the trace, and by uh, taking some, some of that power and throwing it upon the, the form, the bodily form of the calf, it was able, he was able to cause it to make a lowing sound. So Ibn al-Arbi, with this assumption that we all know this story well in mind, 
uh, says he seized a handful from the trace of the messenger, whether sod or dod, that is, um, a handful, kubda, or a pinch, kubza, and cast it upon the calf, and the calf lowed, for the sound of cattle is lowing. Had he made it in another form, it would have taken on the sound of the form it w- in which it was made. In other words, this power of the messenger, who Ibn al-Arabi says uh, is Jibreel, although the commentators talk about whether it could be Musa because it's not specified in that part of the surah, uh, because Jibreel is a, the ru- a, a ruh, a spirit, and spirits have this, wherever they touch their courses, uh, their courses life, Ibn al-Arbi then uh, views it, uh, uh, this spirit as having a, uh, a life-giving or a enlivening power, but that power is, uh, what comes out of that power is dependent on the form on which it's cast. Had he made it in another form, it would have taken on the sound of the other form in which he made it, like the groaning of a camel, the bleeding of a sacrificial lamb, the bang of sheep, the voice of a human being, or speech or word. Ibn Larbi then, um, in his way of uh, sometimes using earthy or humorous anecdotes, um, also mentions that if uh, that there was a certain kind of uh, question of what Jesus would have been turned uh, turned out to be like under different circumstances, so that going back to the story of Mary, uh, when Jibreel or the Ruh, as it said in uh, the Quran uh, represented itself to uh, to Mary as a human being, as a man, clearly by a, her reaction of fear, it was a male. Um, she imagined that he was a man wishing to lie with her and asked Allah's protection from him with all her being, that he might free from uh, he might free her. Um, uh, uh, knowing that such an affair was forbidden. This brought a perfect presence with Allah. This total um, prayer that consumed the entire being of Maryam for Ibn al-Arabi becomes a ruh ma'anawi, um, which Conair uh, Dudley uh, uh, suggests is a a spirit that is beyond all forms. It's, it's, all the form has been burned up, as it were, within the power of the petition uh, and uh, seeking refuge with God. Had he breathed into her at that moment in the state she was in, Jesus would have come out unbearable because of the roughness of his being created with his mother in such a state of fear. Um, when my teacher Fazl Rahman used to read this passage with us in class, and Ibn al-Arbi would say something that 
uh, was a little outrageous and even humorous, which he does throughout his works, uh, because he clearly believes humor is part of the life coursing through things. Professor Rahman would start laughing, and he wore two sets of glasses. Um, he wouldn't wear bifocals, and his glasses would cloud up, and then you take out the outer pair of glasses and wipe them off and take out the inner one and then wipe them off, and then uh, we would later proceed. Um, but when he said to her, I am only a messenger from your Lord who has come to bestow upon you a pure boy, her tension was eased in basatat, on dalek al-qabd, and her breast opened, one uh, sharaha sadruha. Um, this is, um, of course, this in shirah, the opening of the breast in the Quran, is uh, associated specifically with two figures. Uh, the divine word uh, to the Nebi, who says, Lem nashrah laka sadrak, did we not open your breast? And Musa's prayer uh, to the Lord to um, uh, have his breast opened um, when uh, he was being given his mission to go to uh, Pharaoh. Um, and here, Ibn al-Arbi uh, suggests that at this moment of being uh, released from fear, then Miriam's breast was opened. Jibreel was bringing the word of law to Miriam just as the messenger brings the word of Allah to his ummah. So, um, uh, the, uh, the parallel between the word of God given to um, uh, Miriam, which of course resulted in the conception of Jesus, and the word of God by the prophet to the Ummah. Um, and of course that in many ways being the Quran uh, because the prophet is transmitting uh, Nakil, uh, the word of, of God is uh, for Ibn al-Arabi stressed here. When, when Jesus then enlivens the dead or brings uh, these uh, shaped birds to life by breathing into them, with the permission of God. Ibn al-Arabi then goes through an extended grammatical analysis saying either it can mean Jesus breathed with the permission of God into the clay bird and it became alive, or Jesus uh, breathed into the bird and it became alive by the permission of God. This grammar is, as I read it, not simply a, a syntactical or grammatical question. It's a deep reading of all the Quranic passages in which this agency is doubled. So when Musa goes before uh, uh, Pharaoh and 
starts speaking to Firaun. Firaun says, who is this Lord of the two of you, you and Harun, uh, O Musa? And Musa starts speaking in a very human voice, but soon is suddenly speaking in a very powerful cosmic prophetic voice about realities. And the commentators aren't sure where the voice of Musa begins and the voice of God breaking into the story, as it were, comes in. This is an example of this nested agency or nested uh, uh, voices. And many um, commentators on the Quran itself have pointed out that the Quranic voice, just like uh, the voice that came to Musa by the fire, where did that voice come from? Is it from outside or inside? Is it from in the fire or around the fire? Um, did Musa hear an outside voice or did he hear a voice coming up through his inner consciousness? And in many ways, the Quran has these nested voices of, uh, of, of God telling a story that is then told in the immediate now. Um, and then within that story, um, the words of, uh, of God about God's self are then told within that story. So God is uh, narrating the story and then breaking in and speaking from within the story, inside and outside of each frame. I'm, I'm uh, going to very much uh, determine to adhere inshallah, to the time guide, and I'm hoping to get a signal when I have five minutes left to go. All right, thank you. <laughs> thank you. After talking about uh, um, the uh, unique um, role of Jesus among human beings, uh, Ibn Larabi mentions that unlike uh, humanity at large, or Adam at large, in which um, God shaped the clay and then breathed into that shape to bring uh, uh, El Insan, humankind, into existence, in the case of Isa uh, uh, and Miriam, there was no uh, preformed uh, material shape, but that uh, material shape uh, came about within the gestation within Miriam as the spirit uh, coursed through her, uh, what Ibn Arbi calls the spiritual waters or the notional waters. Um, and as her um, uh, material waters uh, flowed, and Ibn al-Arabi is quite open about uh, the sexual uh, correspondences. Um, not that this was a, a sexual act um, in a literal sense, but that Ibn al-Arabi says that the, the pattern that was set uh, is, was according to the way forms and realities normally work, and, and in that sense, conception is brought through the union of the uh, waters within the woman and waters within the man. Um, and that, 
that union in the case of Jesus then is singled out by Ibn al-Arabi as something particularly inherent within the actual generation within the womb of Mary in a way that wasn't the case with normal, the rest of humanity in the creation story. Isa's bringing to life, bringing the dead to life, was a veritable bringing the dead to life insofar as what appeared through his breathing was as if he himself had appeared from the form of his mother, yet his bringing to life was as well notional insofar as it was from him, but in reality was Allah's. That is, because Jesus was conceived according to the way the Spirit works along the form of what the Spirit interacts with, then Jesus was conceived as a human being, that is the form of the mother, but was also had this spiritual essence in which he acted with power that seemed divine, but that power was actually Allah's. At this point, Ibn al-Arabi goes into a discussion of all the controversies over this. Clearly, thank you, referring to the various controversies that were raging throughout late antiquity over the nature of Jesus. Is this, is Jesus a servant? Is Jesus a word of God? Is Jesus the word of God? Is Jesus the spirit of God? When Jesus is standing bringing life to something, is then, who is he? Who is he? Man huwa. And Ibn al-Arabi says, there are those who hold one, there are those who hold the second view, there are those who hold the third view, perhaps a reference to the various sects as they were known in Islamic thought, Jacobites, the Nestorians, and the Melkites. And then says, some are perplexed in wonderment, hira. And it's that perplexity, I think, that makes this chapter so profound around the nature of Jesus. Ibn Larbi says, all things are words of God, which are inexhaustible. But the word of God given to Jesus acted in a special way. And Ibn Larbi then moves from life itself to those who help someone increase in ayum. And Ibn al-Arabi often cites as a kind of dhikr the phrase from Surah 20, Rabbi zidni ilman, Rabbi zidni ilman. Lord, my Lord, increase me in knowledge. That knowledge is not a static reality, but it's the act of the increase of one in knowledge. And so it's a dynamic situation. And when someone helps another person increase in knowledge, that brings life um, uh, uh, about. 
Let me just conclude then, um, after um, uh, skipping over a couple points about the interrelationship between the divine commander and the one who prays, who prays a petition and says, Lord, forgive me, or Lord, help me, because those are commands as well, and the interrelation between the divine and the human in this interaction of prayer. Ibn Larbi concludes uh, with the, an analysis of the chapter of uh, uh, El-Ma'idah, where it ends uh, toward the end, uh, the pro, uh, Jesus, who has been interrogated, and said, uh, did you say, in fact, that um, you are the Son of God, etc., etc.? And earlier on, Jesus had said, my Lord, uh, if I had said some, such a thing, you would know it. Um, and Jesus says, so what is this question that God is asking, since God would know the answer better than Jesus himself? And Jesus brings that up. And then in referring uh, toward the end of the uh, chapter, um, there's the statement, Lord, if you punish them, they are your servant, servants, and if you forgive them, you are the Aziz, the Hakim. The Hakim being the all-wise, the Aziz being a term that means all-powerful but also very intimate. Um, uh, as in present-day speech, one could say Azizi. Um, and Ibn al-Arabi says that the Prophet uh, spoke that those words continually, over and over and over, because if there's a silence, then the answer could move toward the side of wrath or non-forgiveness. And so that uh, the Prophet's continually saying those words um, is a way of, of keeping the dialogue open and keeping that uh, merciful um, a reality uh, at hand in the dialogue of petition. And as Ibn al-Arabi states throughout his work, um, uh, God's uh, compassion encompasses his wrath. So these are some thoughts. Um, I deeply appreciate your sharing these with me, and I look forward to sharing all the thoughts and words that come uh, uh, through this conference, and may we bring um, uh, a little bit of increase in ilm to one another. Thank you.